TalkZone.com. Now, TalkZone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. And welcome to the Two Guys at a Mic Show, TalkZone.com. Thank you so much for joining us. Midweek Wednesday, got lots to talk about in the world of sports and uh, a little midweek musings today, too. Well, you know, we'll break down the NFL championship games. We got Bear Packer fever uh, rising to a fairly high temperature here in the city of Chicago. But David Olson, our producer, we're going to go off script today and uh, pick up a few non sports things as well on the docket. On the docket for today is the uh, abolishment of the death penalty. Got to have a little sports guys talk politics, if you want to loosely call that politics. And also the fact that uh, silent, well, it's not prayer, but a moment of silence has been brought back into the school system. And that's in, not nationwide, but I think in the state of Illinois. We'll cover a couple of those things. We'll break down Bears-Packers. we got Jets-Steelers, college basketball, and some baseball signings, and more money is being spent for mediocre players. All that and more on the two guys in a Mike Joe TalkZone.com. It's the coach right now flying solo, hopefully going to be joined in a couple of minutes by my good partner, the big dog, Joel Radwanski, and, of course, uh, you, the listener, are always are always guest number one co-host, if you will, by dialing in at 888 You too can be a co-host on the show. Just give us a call and uh, we'll be happy. And again, like we've said before, if your call is really good and you sound good, you might be co-hosting this show in the near future because the future of myself and Joel is definitely in jeopardy. Thank you very much. David Olson, our producer on the other side of the glass. Oh, boy, the Bear Packer uh, hysteria already, not surprising, but already reaching a fevered pitch. You wonder if it's going to be complete burnout by Saturday night here in Chicago. The Bear fans, the Packer fans going at each other, all kinds of angles onto the game. David Olson, have you hit burnout yet? or? Uh... I, I have not, but I'm uh, I'm, I'm, feeling a to- I'm feeling a total lack of respect from across the nation for the Bears. And Bears fans. Okay, I thought you were going to say a lack of respect for the Packers from the Chicago Bear fan, but you're talking nationally. Na- nationally, for the Bears. No, nobody's given the Bears yes. a chance. Nobody, nobody, and nobody's got a kind word to say about the Bears. Yeah, and, and that's not new as of the last week. It's really been pretty much as the Bears have built up a fairly winning record. They haven't gotten a lot of respect nationally, and myself and Joel both have pretty much said. No argument, because <laughs> even we said we didn't think the Bears were as good as their record. Oh yeah, yeah, no, and I I would agree with you. Okay. I, I I would agree with you, but here they are going in the yeah. NFC Championship game, mm-hmm. and I think they have a better shot of winning than anybody's given them credit for. Okay, I really do. Sounds to me, if I could play sports psychologist, and if we have any psychologist, psychoanalyst out there, please give us a call. We need help both on air and off. 888-463-6748. Reasonable rates and discount coupons. Always appreciated. Uh, sounds to me like you not only are upset about the lack of bear respect, but maybe is there too much respect nationally for Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers right now? Absolutely. For a team that barely made the playoffs? Yep. 
I, seriously, I mean, yeah, they they look good the last couple of weeks and everything, but I, I I don't I don't think they're the team to beat. I really don't. Mm-hmm. I don't know. They they've looked pretty good to me. Uh, I I can understand the point spread. Now the way the Bears played uh, the last game, I mean that would they put it all together. Hasn't happened very often during the year, but uh, you know their performance against I thought a ready to beat a non prepared team, a non psyched up team, a non executing team. I thought the Seattle Seahawks were there for the taking. I mean I thought they had a chance of pulling off the upset, but the Bears played maybe their first complete game of the year. Jay Cutler, you know, absolutely uh, perfect, really. Well, no, not quite perfect. One the, the, the first game when they played the Eagles in the early opening the game of the year. What, was it opening game oh, of the I year? I can't remember. Let me call up their schedule. I can't. There, even... there was they they have okay. they have played this year mm-hmm. like they played last Sunday. Okay, not often. Not often. Not, not often. Because Cutler's had some good games, a lot of disastrous games. And by the way, it wasn't a perfect game. We all we all remember the uh, interception he nearly threw in the first quarter, the biggest play of the game. By the way, that the Seattle Seahawks defender uh, at the goal line. I think the Bears were up 7-0 at that point, ball right in his hands, and he dropped it. Not only would that have prevented the Bears from scoring seven points and been a huge interception, if you look at uh, where the Bear players were set up, he could have gone the distance. I mean, that could have been a 99-yard touchdown return, so that was the one mistake that Cutler made. And, uh, you know, Typical of the entire Bears season where luck and uh, fortuitiveness have played a big part of it, uh, the guy dropped the ball. I've never seen so many guys. Uh, you talk about bare receivers dropping the ball. Jay Cutler's thrown a lot of passes to defensive backs this season, and they've dropped the ball. His his defensive backs aren't catching the ball, which in this case is a pretty good thing for Jay Cutler. But there's been games when the offense has been good. Cutler has performed well, and the defense seems to have picked those games to be bad. It's rare when they put it all together. Now, the Bear defense overall this year has been very, very good, no question about it. But there's been games when other teams have run against the Bears, and they haven't looked so good. And that seems to be the games when Cutler maybe had a pretty good game. So there's very few games when they completely collapsed. couple. Giants game on Sunday night national TV comes to mind. Very few games when they put it all together. New England was the biggest collapse of the year. Yeah, well, you know what? As bad as New England was, the Giants game... What was that? That was the game where Cutler got what sacked like nine times in the first half. Yes, I mean that was almost more embarrassing. Yeah, but, that was that was week four, seventeen yeah. to three loss. Yeah, that was weak. That was weak. Period. Yeah, so a couple disastrous games. What was the Eagles game? Second game of the year? Third? No, no, no. That was in week twelve. They, ah. won, they won thirty-one to twenty-six. The memories. Oh, the memories. Who could ever forget it? You're saying that's the one game they put it together. Also. They really put it together because that that was at the time that was. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was at the time the Eagles were like red hot, because I, I believe it was right after the week they uh, they blew the uh, Redskins out mm-hmm. on Monday night. Remember that, that, that ridiculous game where they score where the Eagles scored like four touchdowns in the first quarter. Yep, I think they were coming off the high there, and then the, the Bears just beat them. I mean, mm-hmm. just looking at the box here real quick: Cutler, two hundred forty-seven passing yards; Forte, one hundred seventeen yards on the ground. Hester, 86 yards receiving. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it was a it was a big game. It was a big game. And then they also had that uh, Minnesota Week 15 when they blew Minnesota out of the water. All right. So a few complete performances, and certainly the Seattle game was one of the special teams. 
I think underrated aspect of the game, the Bears special teams have been outstanding almost without exception. I think I can think of one game, can't remember when it was, when we broke down a little bit. But, boy, you talk about a great coach, maybe a future head coach, Dave Taub continues to do an excellent job. Special teams were excellent against Seattle. The defense was outstanding against Seattle. The offense, they put it all together. So that Bear team, if they show up, should be able to knock off the Green Bay Packers as hot as they are. The question is, will that Bears team show up? And I, you know, you can call it, uh, Underrated nationally, I'm one of those guys that would say, uh, you know what, I think the Bears are a little bit overrated. And the Green Bay Packers, uh, you know, call it, um, what have you done for me lately? But they've looked awfully good the last couple of weeks. They've all of a sudden developed a running game. This kid, James Starks, we're not going to put him in the uh, Hall of Fame yet, but he looks uh, somewhat legitimate. They're committed to the run a little bit. Aaron Rodgers is just ridiculous. Bottom line is, yeah, and it's a big if. If Aaron Rodgers continues to play like that, in all likelihood, Bears are going to lose. I don't know if Jay Cutler can match that. I mean, the guy's accuracy has just been unbelievable. Now, that's a big if. He's had three great games in a row. The last game was indoors in Atlanta. Nice temperature-controlled climate. He's going to be outdoors at Soldier Field. A little bit of wind, a little bit of cold, a little bit of fans booing at him, a little bit of Urlacher, a little bit of this and a little bit of that, a little bit of Lance Briggs coming at him. Let's blitz him. Let's mix him up a little bit, hopefully. Hopefully, if you're a Bear fan, Aaron Rodgers doesn't get in the comfort zone he's been in the last couple of games. Because if he is, and if he does, I won't say completely forget about it because Cutler and the Bears could respond, but your odds of winning are about 80-20 against. So we have to hope that he cools off just a little bit. At any rate, we got a lot of Bear Packer talk. And uh, let us not forget, by the way, there's another game here in Chicago. Uh, well, it's not going to be played here in Chicago, but there is another game and a pretty darn good one. The New York Jets, the upstart. Sixth seed, similar to the Packers, barely, barely got into the playoffs, had to win their last regular season game, and here they are, one win away from the Super Bowl, knocked off New Orleans, knocked off the New England Patriots. Can they knock off the dreaded Pittsburgh Steelers? I haven't seen the point spread on that game. David, look it up for me. Without guessing, I am going to say Pittsburgh at home four, three. I'd be shocked if it's less than three. And I would be shocked if it's up at six or seven. I'm going to say four. What do we got? Three and a half. Three and a half. Not bad. Now, if this gig doesn't work out, I could work for Vegas. I could set the three and a half. All right. So the home field worth three points. So pretty much an even battle. A little respect for Matt Sanchez and the New York Jets. Pretty good ball game. By the way, Sunday is going to be arguably one of my greatest sports days ever. Because I want to thank you, I uh, want to thank the Wisconsin Athletic Department, the Northwestern Athletic Department, and the Big Ten Network. They have uh, moved up. Wisconsin is playing at Northwestern. You know, I'm a big Northwestern basketball fan. They have moved up the basketball game, I think, from a scheduled 12 o'clock, 12.30, maybe 1 o'clock start. Moved it up to 11.30. All right, so I will be able to attend Wisconsin at Northwestern. College basketball at its finest. By the way, big win for the Cats yesterday. Then take a nice 20-minute ride back home, catch the Packers and the Bears. I might actually watch this game live, Dave, believe it or not. No tape. And then after that, watch the Steelers and the Jets back to back to back. In my uh, 50-some-odd years on this fine planet Earth, this will be uh, has the potential of being one of the finest sports spectating days that I've uh, ever been able to imagine. All household chores, all homework, all things will be taken care of. It will be a day strictly 
dedicated to sports view. Make sure I go for my workout on Saturday. At any rate, a couple of big games to talk about you want to do with us. Hopefully the big dog is going to be joining us. Right now it's myself flying solo. You want to check in, feel free. Love to talk some football and or sports and or off the sports page with you. Our phone number here, 888 I think the Packers uh, alluding to the fact, Dave, saying not a lot of national respect at Soldier Field, still three-point favorite. That's also three and a half now. Up to three. So it's up. All right. Because you would have thought they would have set the uh, point spread at three, and that that's definitely something. I don't know how much some people argue, you know, at the professional level, the whole psychological thing is overrated. I happen to think, you know what, they're still human beings. They're not 45 years old. They're 20, 21, 23, 27, 30, still pretty young, still pretty impressionable, and we're all human beings. I do think the psychological part can play a part of it, and not that it's a huge advantage. I think the Bears, seeing that point spread coming off of uh, you know winning the NFC North division, having a better record than the Packers, winning their first playoff game and still being an underdog to the Green Bay Packers, they can use that a little bit, a little bit of motivation. Again, not the deciding factor, but uh, interesting. Packers, three-and-a-half-point favorite at Chicago. I wonder how many tickets are being sold to Green Bay fans. What do you think it's going to be, 90-10 Bear fans? 80-20? It's not going to be like a Northwestern basketball game, I hope, where you know it's like 60-40. The opposing team has more fans. Probably about 90-10. And I'm sure that 10% or 15% of Packer fans will make themselves hurt. Or even if they're not make themselves heard, they'll make themselves seen. Because very few football fans can dress like the Green Bay Packer fans. I've seen the cheeseheads. I saw someone in the newspaper is um, trying to sell the finger cheesehead. Little finger squares. Not quite sure why. Maybe Bear fans could put them on their fingers and then like gnaw them off one at a time. Maybe not. Maybe See, not. I don't think they allot any tickets for the opposing team. I think I think it's first come first serve. It's season ticket holders for that particular stadium, and then first come first serve on Ticketmaster. Mm-hmm. I, I'm virtually right. positive well, that's well, why they did it. Whatever well, the it, system, it, well, yeah, it, it doesn't matter. They sold out in less than a minute. Yeah, but whatever system the tickets are sold by, what would you guess percentage? Ninety ten bear. Eighty five fifteen. No, because I think I think the uh, Packers fans are just as excited to see this game as the well, Bears fans. No question. But you got a lot of Bear. I mean, first well, of all, it, it, they're going to they're obviously going to be more Bears fans in the stadium because the season ticket holders got have right. dibs. But beyond beyond that, once you get beyond the once you get beyond the season ticket holders, mm-hmm. it just stands to reason that it'll be fifty fifty. Interesting. It, it just it, yeah because the the non season ticket holders in Green Bay mm-hmm. and in Chicago have to go through the same process to get those tickets. Okay. By the way, if you don't want to watch the Bears game, David, the Northwestern uh, women's basketball team has a two o'clock kickoff against the Wisconsin women's team. I can hook you up with some tickets. I believe they're readily available. <laughs> Oh, good. A little controversy, too. There's all kinds of sidelights in this game. A little, I guess you could call it a controversy with uh, the the singing of the national anthem. Have you heard about this, folks? We're talking the Bears-Packer game, and apparently it's going to be on Fox. And is American Idol a Fox show? Maybe it is. And local kid from Mount Prospect, Lee DeWise, 
was the last winner of the American Idol. Pretty good singer. He's got all the charisma and sexiness of an aging Robert De Niro. Do you see Robert De Niro with the Golden Globes, by the way? Guy's aging. Whatever he had, he might have lost it. I think Little Fockers might have been his last uh, his last ode to moviedom. And if it was, I haven't seen it, but apparently not very good. But the uh, controversy, apparently uh, Fox wanted to put Lee DeWise as the national anthem singer for the Bears game. Mount Prospect's very own. But the Chicago Bears wanted Jim Cornelius. I think that's his name. D. Cornelius? No, it's just Jim Cornelius. Who is it's a, a Cornelson, I think. That's Cornelson? Yeah, I Cornelson. Okay. And the Bears, uh, they, they brought him in, I think, the last couple of games, and the fans have totally responded. He is the same young man who sings the national anthem at the Chicago Blackhawks games and gets the fans totally excited. As a sidelight, there's a few Blackhawks fans, not many, but a few that are saying, hey, the Bears are going cheesy, they're jumping on the bandwagon, they're stealing our guy. Nothing better in... That a controversy, well, the only thing better than a controversy over national anthem singers is when uh, two mascots get in a fight. Mascot on mascot violence, probably number one, then a battle over national anthem singers, number two. But at any rate, apparently the uh, uh, Fox Sports, the NFL, has subsided to the Chicago Bears. Lee DeWise is out. Moment of silence for Lee. That's long enough. Jim Corneliuson is in. He will sing the national anthem in another controversy in a great American moment has been averted. Would you like to hear Jim? Sure. Filming everything that you can see on the Internet later. Goosebumper thing, man. It is... All right. Hold on a sec. <laughs> Live radio. That was stirring. Absolutely stirring. I want to hear Jim do Bear Down Chicago Bears. Delight, what so proudly we hailed. At the twilight's last gleaming, whose broad stripes and bright stars through the perilous fight for the ramparts we washed were so gallantly streaming, and the rockets rang Obviously, from the uh, Chicago Blackhawks game, that dude has some significant pipes. Wow. I mean, I don't know where he draws that from deep within, but that's impressive. That's impressive. I wonder what he sounds like, because I will sound like that on occasion in the shower. I'll pipe it out. You know, not quite to that essence, but I come pretty close. I wonder what he sounds like in the shower. Maybe it's like, you know, on a clear day, I can Maybe he goes completely opposite. You know, and the wife's in there, stop singing, Jim. 
You're embarrassing yourself. Man, that dude's good. That dude is definitely good. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Don't forget, we got a couple of off-sports topics to talk about as well. College basketball on the docket. Our fighting Illini victorious. Northwestern wins. A couple of national games to talk about that. And we got a little uh, some baseball signings as well. Sports talk and more. TalkZone.com. Two guys, one mic. Right now it's one guy and one mic. Our phone number if you want to check in, 888-463-6748. We're back in a minute. I'm going to practice my national anthem during the break. Lines are open for your calls on Two Guys and a Mic. Call 888-GO-FOR-IT. Once again, here's the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski, on TalkZone.com. Yes, indeed. We're back. Two Guys and a Mic, TalkZone.com. Talked to a guy yesterday. asked him how his team's doing. Well, he said, not too bad. You know, we're not very good, but, uh, you know, we're doing the best we can. So we're 8-8. Eight and eight. I said, well, that's not bad. He goes, well, we're, it doesn't, you know, it sounds bad. It's really not as good as it sounds. Uh, we got eight losses on the road, eight losses at home. Eight and eight. Thank you very much. 888-463-6748. The phone number, two guys at a mic, talkzone.com. Let's welcome in guy number two. He's checking in via the telecommunicative phone lines. My good friend, my good partner, and arguably, very arguably, Chicago's finest sports talk host, Joel Radwanski checking in. Joel, how are you? I'll definitely argue that point, Coach. A lot of people probably would. Uh, by the way, I just lost track of time. The next thing I know, I looked up and it was ten nineteen. I'm like, oh no! And then called the show. By the way, that reminds me of the eight and eight crack that you just had. <laughs> uh, Harry Carey one time they asked Uh-oh. him, you know, why did you get into uh, why did you get into broadcasting instead of being a player? He's like, well, I, I don't know why I never made it. You know, he's like, I was a uh, three hundred switch hitting shortstop. <laughs> Get 150 from the left and 150 from the right. Yeah, Yeah, Bill Wennington and Michael Jordan. Yeah, one game we combined to score 64 points. Michael had 64 and I or 62 and I had two. Yeah. Yeah. I remember Harry telling us that uh, Tulsa spelled backwards is a slut. You know, you know what a slut backwards is, Joel? Uh, I don't know, Coach. What? A hundred hours. Thank you very much. 888-463-6748. Bad Toys Sports Talk Radio here. The big dog, Joel Radwanski. By the way, Cinemax Cindy, not to match her up with bad taste. We love our favorite emailer, Cinemax Cindy. She emailed yesterday, wants to know what happened to our segment, Where Did the Big Dog Sleep Last Night? Uh, I, I hate to be disappointing people, but I've been sleeping at my own house a lot lately. Uh, well, that, that ruins the segment. I know. That's why it's really okay. no fun to play it anymore. All right. Well, when things pick up a little bit, we'll continue it. Because for a while, it was uh, almost America's favorite uh, number one game show. You never knew where else to do the show from. Exactly. And, and the beauty of it was you didn't either. <laughs> you know, 
know. I thought it was, uh, apparently had one fan, Cinemax Cindy. So, uh, at any rate, Big Dog, great to have you on board. We've been breaking down Bears and Packers. I said we're going to get off the sports page today. Uh, you know, it's Wednesday. It's a good day for midweek's musings, too. And I have some, uh, items of a political slash sociological nature I want to throw at you, but any, uh, Bear Packer thoughts? The hype is on. They got all kind. We've, we've covered the, uh, the national anthem angle. We've covered David Olson making a fairly big thing about the fact the Bears are getting very little national respect. People think the Packers are going to win. Any angles, any things that have stuck out with you on a midweek Wednesday? Uh, no, well, he's right about that. Everybody thinks the Packers are going to win, and I have no problem whatsoever with that, Coach. As a diehard Bears fan, let them think that. Mm-hmm. That's not going to change the outcome of the game. And it seems like the Bears play much better when everybody's disrespecting them. So Yeah, I mentioned, you know, so there are some that say at the professional level, the psychological advantage, the whole talk back and forth with this team is, you know, they got the psychological advantage that the underdog is overrated. I think you can overrate it, but I think that could be a factor. The Bears can use that to your advantage Sunday. Would you agree? Uh, they definitely, they could. And that's what they've done since Lovey Smith has, has uh, been in Chicago, everybody calls it this. I actually love this term, the bunker mentality. You know, it, it's us against the world. You know, it's always been that way since Levy Smith has gotten there. So, you know what? Why change what you're doing so far? So might as well just keep it the same. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, the bunker mentality, I'll go with it. Coach. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Keep it that way. Play the underdog role. See if the Bears can find a way to knock off Red Hot Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. By the way, the injury report one. Semi-significant injury. We talked to our uh, medical analysis here, our medical consultant, we should say, from the TalkZone.com, Dr. Leonard Rash in the back. And Dr. Rash in the back telling us that he feels Chris Harris probably not going to be able to go Sunday. The rookie, Major Wright, may get a start in the defensive backfield against the great Aaron Rodgers, according to our guy, Dr. Rash in the back. Big dog, how significant is that? Yeah, well, Rash in the back got rocks in his head. <laughs> So you are not buying our... Uh... No, uh, hit pointer, come on. Chris Harris is going to play on Sunday, and it's important that he does play. As much as I like Major Wright and think he was an excellent third-round <laughs> draft pick, he's yes. not ready to be playing a whole game for the Bears in the NFC Championship game. Chris Harris, is gonna, it's a hit pointer, Coach. Okay. All right. You know, you know my you're preaching to the choir here. My philosophy is just, you know... Pop it back in a place, tape it up, and get out there and play. Yeah, well, actually, you're right. The next time the Bears are in the NFC Championship game, we'll make sure he plays. Because who knows mm-hmm. when that might be? All right. The next four or five years. All right. Well, I'm getting a text right now from Dr. Rash in the back, obviously not happy with your uh, insult to him, but uh, I'm not going to read the text because, quite frankly, we might be off the air if I read the book. If I read the text, rather, but suffice it to say, you've made one of our medical people quite upset, Big Dog. Well, I've been getting a lot of really <laughs> irrational, bad texts from people. Well, not in the really? last couple of days, but the other day. I had like a, just one girl kept sending me horrible texts after horrible texts. Like, who, who is this person? So I'm with you, Coach. Okay. So you're getting used to it, huh? Oh, yeah, I'm used to it. All right. How about uh, let's throw out field conditions? Is that going to be overrated? There's so much has been made about Soldier Field, the field at Soldier Field, but going to be a factor and uh, talk real quick about the resurgence of tommy harris what that means for the bears big dog uh first of all they both play on the field so it's really it's not going to make a difference 
And if that bad field helps anybody, it's the Bears' opponents because, uh, Coach, well, I I guess it helps the Bears because the Bears are used to it. They just laugh. I mean, there's you're going to slip every once in a while. Deal with it. Play with your feet up underneath you. Play Mm -hmm. with low hips, and you're not going to slip around so much. And that is the truth. Mm -hmm. And but then again, the Bears' defense is so fast; they want to be on a quick good surface typically so i think it kind of neutralizes everything it's not that big of a deal okay mm-hmm. tommy harris actually playing in the backfield actually being active uh taking on two blockers now uh, getting some pressure on the quarterback is absolutely gigantic it, it, coach i typically and, and and you know i do this and i usually do pretty well picking what teams are going to be great in college football is i figure out who the best uh defensive tackles and best defensive lines are in college football and those are the teams I picked to win the national championship. Yep. And a lot of times they win. And I have to admit, I didn't realize Nick Fairley was going to be that good at Auburn at the beginning of the season. I By think, week five, I, I was like, oh, my goodness, this guy's unblockable. I don't and think by Nick, then I knew Auburn had a chance to win it all. That's huge, Coach. Nick Fairley didn't realize Nick Fairley was going to be that good. You're right. You're absolutely right, Coach. Man. If you get an, a defensive tackle that is unblockable, yep. that 4-3 ends up being an extremely good defense. And when you have Brian Erlacher totally protected because you have to double-team Tommy Harris, mm-hmm. that means he flies around. If Brian Erlacher's flying around, that means Lance Briggs is flying around. And if those two are flying around, they don't make tackles four yards down the field in a second and two. They make tackles at the line of scrimmage and they can pop the ball out and make it. When they go totally unblocked, Brian Urlacher's running at a, at a running back with the ability to tee him up and swipe at the ball as he's destroying the person. It's Apparently. gigantic to have a, def- uh, a tackle that is that is playing at a top level. Coach. Apparently, uh, and spoken like a linebacker, by the way, is Joel Radwanski had a tremendous college career at McMurray. Uh, college as a linebacker and certainly appreciates all the work the defensive tackles can do. But Tommy Harris, apparently Big Dog found the context he was looking for the first 12 weeks of the season, and now he's trying to find the quarterback because he's playing a whole lot better. The only negative is, the only negative is he is starting to take playing time away from my favorite player, Henry Wachter. Uh, Henry Wachter, a lot of playing time has been taken away from him, but considering that he was like yes. in his fifth year back in 1985. Yes. That 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 doesn't really bother me. I'm a the big... fact he's taking a little from Henry Melton. Oh, Henry uh, Melton. I'm sorry. But you know what? I'm not going to worry about that. That's you know you yeah. know the beautiful thing is like sometimes like in uh, like for baseball like a, a guy in a platoon really starts hitting you yeah. know it's like oh well what are we going to do with the other go, one? Go There's with nothing the wrong with with taking reps away from defensive linemen because that just means you have other guys that are going to be a little mm-hmm. bit more fresh when they're out there. So. Yeah. That's not a problem whatsoever. There's there's a few situations, Coach, where one guy taking uh, a spot will hurt another guy, maybe uh, like at the wide receiver position. But at the defensive line position, it's so grueling mm-hmm. and a conditioning. I mean, it really is hard to slam into a 320-pound guy and then sprint to the other side of the field because the the Packers are going to be running screens. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is going to definitely make a D-lineman miss buck out of the, the, the tackle and sprint to the sidelines, and that D-line was going to have to chase him. I want Henry Melton to be totally, totally fresh. Cause when you're playing Aaron Rodgers, you need a fresh defensive line coach. Mm-hmm. It's the weird. At the D-line is one of the 
huge advantages that they have over any team in football right now. Yeah, including the the Packers. The Packers' defensive backfield, awfully good. Their linebacking core, good. Their defensive line is rather uh, rather commonplace. It's not bad, but I wouldn't say there's any real standouts, any difference makers. I think advantage Chicago Bears. Well, uh, I totally agree that uh, the advantage is the Bears, but yeah. I, I'm going to tell you, out of all the defensive linemen in this game, the best one might be the Packers' D lineman, B.J. Raji. But the problem is they play that 3-4, mm-hmm. and when you play a 3-4, it's really hard for a defensive lineman to, to stand out because it's, it's a lot easier to double-team B.J. Raja out of that. You well, know, that's, that's, I will tell you that, Coach, if B.J. Raja was on the Bears, yep. everybody in Chicago would know who he was. It's a good point. And really, he would probably have a, he'd probably have an a, a alcohol shot named after him. <laughs> uh, I'll take two in the morning, or I'll take two to go. Thank you very much. Call me in the morning. You say it's a 3-4 when the uh, the Packers play that defense, big B.J. Rajay in the middle. Really, when you look at B.J. Rajay, you might as well call it a 4-4 because he is one large human being, big dog. And he basically, he's the size of two defensive linemen. He, he plugs up the middle and then some. Uh, I don't know how many tackles he makes, but, boy, you talk about a guy taking up space. That dude is one big boy. Uh, you're exactly right about that. And when you're talking about B.J. Raja. Mm-hmm. It doesn't in a a a defensive lineman in the three four the the amount of tackles he makes is non it is inconsequential. Yep. How much pressure he gets on pass rush is huge. Push. How how, how many blockers he takes up are huge. And obviously he must be doing something right because uh, all of a sudden this year everybody's talking about oh AJ Hawk has finally come of age and you know Clay Matthews. You know, I was that guy's dominating. He's people talk about he's the best defensive player in the league. Clay who? A lot to do with it. Clay who? Clay Matthews. Not familiar with his work. Yes, yeah. Okay. Maybe you are one of his <laughs> uncles or his or his pops or his grandfather. Uh, That's one heck of a story, Coach. Yeah, the entire Matthews family absolutely. Uh, and I fully expect the next generation of Matthews to be linebackers as well. Somewhere yep. there was a six-year-old kid with long, blowing blonde hair that is just wrecking havoc on the uh, playing fields of some grade school somewhere. You know, Clay Matthews couldn't even get a scholarship. He goes to USC, and after being there for a year, they're like, you know what, you're a walk-on, we'll give you a scholarship. And he was so good. He wasn't starting yet, but they knew he was so good that all of a sudden Oregon's like, all right, we'll give this your little brother Casey a scholarship. Mm -hmm. Now Casey goes to Oregon, he couldn't play. All of a sudden, you know, all of a sudden he's great his last year here at Oregon. How much money, he'll probably play one more year there. How, How much money do you think he made Casey Matthews, his little brother? Just by dominating in the NFL, he, he went from being like a six-round pick to probably most likely a first-round draft pick. Casey Matthews, uh huh, the kid from Oregon. He's a senior at Oregon. He's a junior. He's going to play one junior. more year at Oregon, okay. but still, I mean, like the, mm-hmm. the thing is, is, like because he's been so, you're just like from now on, if you are a Matthews, you will never be missed again. There's no way <laughs> that Clay Matthews or Casey Matthews uh, will have a child and not have to get a Division One scholarship. <laughs> Like what happened to Clay Matthews will never, ever, ever. It'll never happen again. It's just it's automatically assumed if you're a Matthews, you're going to be in somebody's backfield. <laughs> Pete Carroll will make sure of that. By the way, which uh, quick trivia question? Nobody answers trivia questions like the big dog. Your knowledge of sports uh, minutia is part impressive and part scary. Quite frankly, it's a little bit of the two combined. But which other brother named Casey? Had a cup of coffee as a Chicago Bear, brother of another famous player. That's a, that's a great, great trivia question. I obviously know it, and he was on my uh, he was on my my one of my first interviews I ever had. 
Really? On the 30-minute shot clock, Coach. What's the 30-minute shot clock? That was the show that you heard me on before you told me to be on your show. Ah, that was the Sunday show you did solo. That was your your virgin entry into the radio world. Yes, that was where I had 30 minutes yeah. of me taking shots at people. Excellent. Excellent. Are so, tapes uh, still available of that uh, sports extravaganza of any of our I'm listeners? I sure can find it, and I would okay. love to hear the first one because it was horrible, Coach. Yes, it was. It was bad. It, it, if you can imagine what I would look like with a train actually coming directly <laughs> at me and me tied on the tracks, that's what I look like. <laughs> that's an apt description to do in your first show solo. You are a brave man. But uh, So he was well, one of your first interviews. For all those that are sitting on the edge of their seat, which other famous Casey had a cup of coffee with the Bears? Uh, Brian's little brother, Casey Erlacher. There you go. And, uh, yeah, he was, he was uh, let me say, he was uh, – Coupled with this, the dumbest human being I've ever met in my whole entire life. This girl, like she was a, a dancer on like uh, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday night, and okay. she also sold shoes at uh, at uh, Nordstrom. And, and what she is... dressed like a stripper while she was selling what... shoes? And that, that girl made so much money; it was unbelievable. Coach. Wait a minute, what is her connection to the story? Was she with Casey Urlacher at the time, or was it she was his girlfriend? That ah. was his girlfriend. And there to be quite go. honest with you, she was smarter than Casey. Wow. Firing. Big dog. On the show for 18 minutes already, he's upset our in-studio doctor, Dr. Rash in the back. You've already taken shots and upset Henry Melton and the uh, Henry well, Melton what he, family. What are you talking about? I love Henry Melton. Well, initially you took a little shot at you. saved yourself at the end, but some of the Melton you family not happy Henry with Waxer you. Henry Waxer is what happened. <laughs> I did not say I love Henry Melton, Coach. Seriously, I got his poster up on my wall. All right, now you got a shot at me. You do not. Nobody <laughs> has a Henry Melton poster, please. I love Henry Melton. but uh, And now you're taking a shot at Brian Urlacher's younger brother, Casey. This is Word is going to get out to Brian. If I were you, big dog, you might want to sleep somewhere else the next couple of nights because uh, B. Urlacher and his friends might be coming after you. Uh, hopefully he's a little bit more concerned with getting after uh, Aaron Rodgers, Coach. Well... It's like a like an animal in the jungle. You gotta you know you gotta keep sharp. You gotta go after your prey so you're ready to go at the right time. So he can track you down, chase you down, and maybe that will uh, feed the hunger. Come did Sunday you, at two o'clock. Did you use the uh, animal in the jungle uh, analogy because of what Rod Marinelli shows these guys before games? No. You, you do realize he shows them like videos of. Yeah. animals hunting down people and stuff. Uh-huh. I, you know, I didn't know that specifically. I do know he uses videos and gets, uh, how do we say, rather creative in his motivational talk. So that's that's one of the one of the uh, visuals that he uses to get his team ready. Yeah, he actually shows uh, animals hunting mm-hmm. other animals, and it's like uh, you, you like a big paw of like a tiger will be coming down on a on a you know on a wildebeest, mm-hmm. and then he'll show like. Brian Urlacher coming from behind on the on the whoever the Green Bay Packer was in the Monday night game popping the ball loose from behind with a big paw and really trying to get into these players play like animals. I think you in know, the New York Giants Sunday night game where the Bears laid an egg, I think he showed him uh, uh, the movie Boys in the Beach starring Annette Funicello and uh, Frankie Valli. Yeah, well, uh, Mike Tice used the used the Bruce Lee uh, <laughs> thing. Flow to the offensive line. Flow like water. Oh. Let water go through you like sieve. You know, that was the one that he used, and that's what they were all doing. Okay, yeah. let's let New York Giants flow yep. like water. Yep. And they went right through the offensive Some, line. Sometimes the film works, sometimes it doesn't, Big Doug. No risk, no reward. you got to take a chance once in a while. Oh, by the way, I finally saw Enter the Dragon. 
the other day, and all of a sudden I get all these lines that my friends would just say out of the uh-huh. blue. And, you know, and uh, why are you, I'm like, well, you're just trying to make fun of Asian people the way you're talking that way. And then I watched it, and I'm like, all those years I didn't get it. I was going to say, like, Enter to... the Dragon's been out for, uh, oh, say, about 40 years? Yeah, it, 1973 it was wow. made. By the way, it was phenomenal, Coach. I was blown yeah. away. And I now I get why. I, that's the first Bruce Lee movie I've ever watched. Mm-hmm. Okay, it was phenomenal. <laughs> Emotional content. Like he says it all the time, and I get it. So that my buddy who always used to say that, I'm like, what's wrong with you? And yeah. he would just laugh. And now I get it, Coach. I'm so. glad, glad you've gotten around to seeing that movie. Big Dog will probably uh, watch the Social Network movie probably when he's like 85 years old in assisted living. Yeah, by, yeah by that, like there'll be <sighs> 17 different new Facebooks. Don't, oh, I, yeah. I should not say that. Zuckerberg will find out I say that, I'll get killed. <laughs> You already we'll got Brian Urlacher looking for you. Coach. Yeah. So. All right. Uh, Big Dog, we can do a little more NFL football preview. And it's a quick week this week because you have Monday off. And it's amazing how the one day off can just make the entire week speed up. Already today is Wednesday. So, you know, the football Friday is going to be up on us before we, uh, before we know it. One of our final Beat the Schmoes football Fridays of the NFL season. But we'll break down all the games and we'll get into the, uh, uh, Pittsburgh and Jets game as well. A couple of topics I wanted to throw at you if you are in the mood for a little sociological slash political discussion. You know, so. uh, you know I always am, Coach. Why? What's up? <laughs> by the way, our phone number. You want to check in any sports conversation, questions, or you want to jump off the sports page. Little sports guys talk politics here. Two items I wanted to bring up with you, Big Dog. One is in the state of Illinois, I don't know if you've been reading or not, but uh, they have now gotten or uh, reinstated, I should say, uh, not prayer, I think prayer is the, r- the wrong word, but silent moment at the beginning of school. I think schools are required now, which is interesting, to do that. But uh, your thought on the silent moment in grade schools, junior highs, and high schools, not nationally, but in the state of Illinois. Okay. I, moment I, I, of silence. It? I have no problem with a moment of silence. Let, let kids, if somebody wants to say a prayer, let them say it. Just as long as they're not forced to say any specific prayer or anything like that, mm-hmm. I have absolutely no problem with that. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, there's there's many different types of people in school, and if they want to say uh, you know a, a prayer to whatever God that they believe in, mm-hmm. if that makes them feel better about going to school, let them have that. You don't think it's it's wasted time? Kids are going to make fun of it. Yeah, there's definitely going to be kids who make fun of it. Mm-hmm. So there's, I mean, you know, and I, I know the typical liberal position, and I, I usually, you know, 85 to 90 to 95 percent of the time, seem to take the liberal position. The liberal position is to not approve of this, to not agree with this, because they, you know, even if it's not a moment of prayer, it's the next step to it. And, and you know, a lot of the liberals are worried that. Oh yeah, David Olson's giving me a look. That's that's clearly one of the concerns of the liberals is that it's going to become you know mandatory prayer in schools. But I agree with you, Big Dog. I think it's not only do I not have a problem with it, I encourage it. And, and I would think the schools to make it less of it. Some kids are always going to joke with it, but to make less of the kids joke with it, a little bit of maybe training's the wrong word, but a a little bit of discussion about what that moment of silence can be, and make it more than ten seconds. Some of these schools are doing like 10 or 15 seconds just to, you know, no, nah, make it a minute or two. A little quiet time. We all talk too much in this world, big dog. Silence is a wonderful thing, actually. Very well, few of us. It's where it's quiet and you can actually stop and think about what you want to do during the day, how you can be a better person. Some of this stuff might sound a little bit corny, but I actually think 
for all of us, not just school kids, a couple of minutes. And again, you're right, it doesn't have to be prayer, but quiet thought, very therapeutic, very uh, a very good thing. So I'm going to take the conservative position and say I approve of this also. Um, you know, I, I think you get way too much into the conservative liberal type stuff. Anyway, yeah, probably. What, right. what does that and what does any of this have to do with it? Yeah, you're. you're I'll agree with you. Critic, yeah, criticism a, taken. You know, like like the whole like like immediately, immediately there's uh, a, the shooting of the politician, and people are like, yeah. "Oh, the guy listens to too much Glenn Beck and Marshall Limbaugh." Yeah. You know, that's a. Really? The, the, why was he reading the con- Communist Manifesto? Mm-hmm. Okay, now all of a sudden nobody's talking about that anymore. You know, it's, it's everyone. You got to think liberally. You got to think uh, conservatively. It's, it's it's a bunch of garbage. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm so sick of all that stuff in politics. Just do what's right, people. Okay, seriously. All right, David Olson, our uh, producer, a man of many socio-political thoughts. His beat the schmoes football picks consistently not good, folks. But his socio-political and movie thoughts are always right on. David, your thought. You gave me a strange look. When I said, um, yeah, I didn't realize there was so much opposition to it. I just thought it was an issue because it was basically one atheist who was fighting the uh, moment of silence. Was that that Rob Sherman again? Yes. That guy's really annoying. And I think yeah, it's his, it, his son has taken the it, cause. You know, it was his daughter Oy. that took up the cause. Oy. So, you see, that's that's the only reason why I thought it was an issue. Okay. I, didn't, I didn't think the liberals well, were rallying behind it. But I, uh, I, I, have, I have zero problem with the, the moment of silence. Yeah. Zero problem. And I take, you know, I go a step further. Not only do I not have a problem with it, I think it's a positive. I encourage it. Yes, big dog. You know, I'm a, I'm agnostic. God bless you. you know, so, uh, you know, I, I have no problem with, uh, I mean, usually I do, I think there's way too much people, religion being forced on our throats, way yes. too much religion in our government yeah, and re- stuff like that. Religion should be, well, when I say it should be out of school, I have no problem with it being taught in school as long as it's taught, um, about um, appreciation of all religions. I, I just the one thing that bothers me about religion is uh, people who try to force theirs yes. on yours, and and Absolutely. people who think that their religion is right, everybody else is wrong. Yeah, that, that, that cracks me up. It's like you know, like mm-hmm. uh, okay, yeah, there might be one billion of you, but that you're trying to say that five billion people are going to hell. Mm-hmm. So I mean, that yeah. that always is kind yeah. of and, and taking a huge, gigantic quantum leap. You make that simple statement, but, uh, you know, that really is the basis upon which many of our wars and many of our battles and many of our current problems exist. Oh, absolutely. Which is... I, 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 what's going to happen when uh, the rock on the mount... I mean, what's going to happen when all that breaks down, Coach? I mean, mm-hmm. there's, that's where World War Three is going to start is because of the rock on the mount. The rock on the mount? Oh, are you serious? You don't know what I'm talking about, Coach? I have not. Okay, in Jerusalem. Okay. The holiest of holy place for both uh, uh, Jews and for Muslims <laughs> yes. is right there. It's the same exact place. Okay. Okay. And that's where all the the trouble is starting because the uh, there's basically a, a temple over. <laughs> Do you know where the the crying wall is? Called the Wailing Wall. No. So you don't know the Wailing Wall. Well, I've got one in my backyard that the kids use on occasion, but I don't know the official Wailing Wall in Jerusalem. No. Seriously, do your kids they throw like tennis balls up and racquetballs and, and like play like backyard baseball, home run derby, and stuff like that? It's, it's used for that, amongst other things. But you don't have any like uh, Orthodox Jews coming to your house, like with the hat and, and the curly little things around the, their hair coming Once, out. Once, I think three or four Halloweens ago, but we BB shot him, and he hasn't been back since. Really? <laughs> 
Yeah, that was the scariest Halloween costume I ever saw. Now, you're definitely in the Larry David uh, category <laughs> of Jews, right? Uh, I'll take that as a compliment, I think. Okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't even know what the Wailing Wall is? I, I don't know what the, David, you know what the Wailing Wall is? I've never heard of the Wailing Wall. A Wailing Wall. Yeah, the Wailing Wall, it's the last surviving wall of this <laughs> once huge temple, and it's in Jerusalem. Okay. Huh? The last surviving wall. It, yeah, it was, it, was a, it, was a, it was a temple, and all that's left is a wall. Okay. So what's the significance of the Wailing Wall, Big Dog, as we turn somewhat educationally from Bear Packer Breakdown to the Wailing Wall in Jerusalem, only on two guys and a mic? Well, you're saying that religions are the cause of, of most wars, Coach. Okay, and this was the original temple of the original King David. Mm-hmm. Okay, and and now uh, right now the the Muslims control the actual temple that is over the Temple on the Mount. Is this correct, David? It's but just like, the, it's actually, just the Temple Mount. The Temple Mount is the proper term. Okay, Temple Mount. But the uh, Muslims yeah, that, control it. When you say control it, you mean it's on their land technically? No, they actually control the temple that is over it. Ah, okay. But that, like, that piece of land is sacred mm-hmm. to both Muslims and to Jews. Okay. And quite simply, they, they'll kill, they'll die for it, Coach, in order to get it back. So when you talk about there's wars that start over a year, you're mm-hmm. exactly right, because there's a, a lot of talk that the next war is going to become because over control of that little piece of land. Well, maybe uh, on the reverse effect, if we can come 180, maybe into a 360 here, Maybe that very same battle, Big Dog, can be what brings the two religions together. Right? Would it take that much difficulty to have that one sacred place that both of them want to control? Well, why can't you know both of them use that as a sacred place for their own prayer purposes, for their own worship purposes? And maybe somehow we can turn a giant negative, and I'm being overly optimistic here, and a giant half uh, glass half full guy, but maybe that would be a perfect way to get the two religions together. You, you, you know, it, it's funny that you said that because there's a there's a place in Turkey yep. that has uh, parts of the Holy Cross, and it's also uh, it, and uh, it's also a, a holy place for for Jews mm-hmm. and the Christians and the Jews actually celebrate there, and it's like at five o'clock every single p.m. it switches over, so like for twelve okay. hours of the day yeah. it's a Jewish holy place, and uh-huh. for the other twelve hours of the day it's a Christian holy place. Yeah, I like that. And that, that works fairly well. Not too much battles over that. Yes, David Olson. Uh, Israel actually controls the wall now they took it over. Okay. Yeah, I know Israel controlled the wall, but do they control the actual, the, the, the area behind the wall, though? Uh, not sure. Because that, that, sure. you're right. They control the western yeah. side of the wall. Well, see, the, the problem okay. here is the word control. Nobody should, exactly no, right. nobody should control it. Well, the, 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 you know what? It's the love of power has been the not the love of money, not mm-hmm. the people working to try to get money, or even being greedy and working to get money isn't isn't the the worst thing that's ever happened to people. It's power. People who want to control what other people think and can do. And you, coach, you're exactly right. The control of that land has been one of the biggest issues on this planet for the last twenty five hundred years, coach. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying. I, I'm not kidding you. I've been trying to get Aaron Von Daniken on the show. I've been trying to get George Sukolos on the show. Giorgio Sukolos on the show. I've been trying to get this, this one other guy. I'm going to actually send him a letter today. And this is what we're going to talk about, Coach, is actually 
what historically, like why human beings have been fighting over this area for the last 5,500 years. Interesting. Interesting. Sports guys talk politics is definitely uh, going over the edge today. And remember, and we talked about religions causing a lot of the battles. What you're alluding to, too, is power. The simple need for power is 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 one of the very underlings of many of the problems in our current society to do. What's the old expression? Power corrupts. Absolute power corrupts absolutely, big dog. It's that desire for power. It's a sickness. Yeah, it is. Uh, that's a, it's a perfect way to put it, Coach. It is a sickness. Mm-hmm. Okay. Why do you have to control what other people think or do? Yeah. Be a human being. Seriously. Yeah. yeah. Be happy with your own people, your own religion, whatever following. Why is there this great need to make other people have to think the way you are? I absolutely, and I, I probably in some way, shape, or form, Big Dog, you're going to tell me that it's going to come back to money. No, 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 no. I don't think money is as evil as everybody else seems to think money is evil. Okay. It, to me, it's always been about power and control. There's, I, that's, like that's why like uh, I can go on and on about that, but mm-hmm. all I know is you. Why do you have to change people? The other day, somebody is writing on Facebook. Oh, we gotta make these Packer fans change over to be Bear fans. I'm, I don't want those people being. Let them be Packer fans, okay? I don't need extra people. I don't need toothless girls and guys coming to our house drinking all my beer, okay? And they don't smell good either. Let Packer fans be Packer fans. Cheap shot at the Green Bay Packer fans. Just to review, in the 38 minutes the big dog has been on the show, he's insulted our uh, our uh, doctor here at the Talk Zone, Dr. Rash in the back, insulted Bear defensive tackle Henry Melton. He's insulted. I did not, I did not insult Henry Melton. Insulted Casey Erlocker and his girlfriend, the brother of uh, Mr. Brian Erlocker, and now he has taken a shot at who you just take a shot at. There's been so many I'm losing track of. Packer fans. Oh, yeah, Green Bay Packer fan. I, you know, I've always been a Chicago Bear fan. I've said this before, Big Dog. I do not hate the Green Bay Packers. In fact, in some way, shape, or form, I appreciate them, Green Bay. It's their only professional franchise. It is a, a blue-collar, tough, hard Midwestern city. I appreciate that. I like the fact that the team is owned, at least technically, by the fans of the city. I think that's something unique. So, I, I, uh, yeah, Except yeah, when where, Forrest Gregg was coach. extra money go, Coach? Where do, who gets that? Who gets to pocket that? I'm sure That's the people. There's, there's, there's certain individuals that control that. I always wonder about that. I'm sure it is divvied out uh, equally to all the people in the fine city. No, the, it's, it's if you buy those <laughs> stocks, you're guaranteed to never get any profit whatsoever. Really? Yes. So That's it's, what it's, it states on the certificate. You spend your 75 bucks for a share of Packer stock, and basically it says, this is only worth the paper it's printed on. I do mm-hmm. believe that's the fine print. Interesting. All right. So that, that theory is good in name only. In reality, not so good. Yeah, it's basically so mm-hmm. you can say, yes, I just made the worst investment yeah. of my entire life. But at least, you know, when I was, you know, you know, after they beat the, the Bengals back in 94 on a late game comeback, I decided to throw, a, mm-hmm. a, you know, 300 bucks down to buy four shares <laughs> so I can, you know, whatever. All right. Big dog, we got about one minute and 20 seconds left. I want to throw college hoops at you. See you in the next minute and 15 if you can discuss college hoops without criticizing or insulting anybody, please. We've got enough people angry at us right now. You're fighting Illini, a big, 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 big victory over Michigan State last night, and please send some love my way of the uh, Northwestern Cats. They're not called Michigan. Uh, heck, yeah, but, uh, Northwestern getting it done against Michigan last night. They play a really fun brand of basketball in uh, Northwestern Wildcats. And Illinois, 
against if you'd have said Woo-hoo! Illinois would score one basket in the last ten minutes and fifteen seconds, you would have said they got blown out. But somehow they shot fifty three percent from the field for the game and they did only made one bucket in the last quarter of the game. I don't know how that's mathematically possible. They played tenacious D. Need to rebound a little better, but uh, Illinois definitely getting it done, and they hold serve at home against Michigan Boy. State. They usually win there against and that. Them. That was a big victory, though, coming off a couple of losses. Highly competitive Big Ten, not for making the NCAA tournament they're going to be in, but for uh, getting a higher seed and for battling for the Big Ten championship. That was a big, big win. couple of young guys bigged up, Brandon Paul, the sophomore, and Jeremy Richmond, the freshman. They were the two stars. You know, Jeremy Richmond has shown all season that he's been a quality player. Brandon Paul had a bunch of really bad games, and all of a sudden people were questioning whether or not he really was as good as as all the hype came up to be. And ever since that happened, Coach, the kid has shown brilliantly. So I'm really happy. You know, you're going to get knocked down in life every once in a while. It's whether you get back up. So Brandon Mm -hmm. Paul, uh, the way he's played, even in the loss to Wisconsin and He's played awesome the last couple of games, Coach, so that's mm-hmm. really a bright sign for the uh, Illinois fans. Beautiful. we got to wrap it up for today. Big Dog, make sure you set that alarm tomorrow. We need you on time. Lots of things to go over on tomorrow's show, including uh, our football preview as we march forward to uh, a big Sunday of championship football. Okay? Be good out there. Got it, Coach. Got be- it, buddy. And just be careful where you're sleeping tonight, okay? God bless you. David Olson, our producer, tremendous job. We appreciate everybody out there listening. We really, really do. We'll be back at it tomorrow at 10 o'clock. TalkZone.com. Two guys at a mic have an outstanding day.